0: So, I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, pursuing the kingdom agenda is life-threatening. Amen. Pursuing the kingdom agenda is life-threatening. Because Sometimes I, you, you think about, why isn't everyone, I mean, we all read the same Bible, those of us who profess Christianity. I mean, you get saved, Jesus said to everybody, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added. He said that to everybody. He didn't just say that to us. He didn't just say that to the church up the street, the church over, you know, one couple states over. He said that to everybody. He told everybody in Matthew chapter 4, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. So how come we ain't all seeking the kingdom agenda? How is it that some people are more concerned about what they can get in Christianity versus the kingdom? I mean, you ever sit and think, well, why is all of these uh, variances in the approach to the kingdom? And I was looking at this, and I believe pursuing the kingdom agenda is life-threatening. Let me see if I can... Maybe show you this in the text. Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, New Living Translation. Matthew 10, verse 39, New Living Translation. Now, this is interesting. See, it's life-threatening. If you're going to pursue the kingdom agenda, it's life-threatening. Because the scripture says in Matthew 10 and 39, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. See, pursuing the kingdom agenda is life-threatening. Amen. Point number one. Not only is it life-threatening, Sharon, here's the, here's the real deal. Everybody wants to live. Amen. See, we're going we to cut to the chase today. Pursuing the kingdom agenda is life-threatening. And everybody wants to live. Go with me to Luke chapter 22, verse 41, King James. So this is Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this. I said everybody wants to live. So we're talking about pursuing the kingdom agenda. It's life-threatening, and everybody wants to live. And it says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. So Jesus is about, he's a little ways off, away from the people now. He's left away from the disciples. All right? Verse 42. Now, as he's praying, he says, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Verse 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Verse 44. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Now, I want you to see something. Jesus... Gets away from everybody else and he starts praying. In his prayer, he says, Father, if you are willing, you can remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Can I share something with you? Even Jesus wanted to live. Look what he said. Father, if you be willing. You can remove this cuff. Not my will, your will. mm -hmm. See, everybody wants to live, but pursuing the kingdom agenda is Mm life-threatening. So Jesus' life is being threatened now because he's pursuing the kingdom agenda. See, it's not that you don't want to live. The kingdom (laughs) agenda requires something. Let me, let me give you a couple things. I tell you it's gonna be an ouch message, but hang with me. It's gonna get better. The kingdom agenda will threaten what we want. See, the, the, you know everybody ain't talking about this. We we're talking about God has a wonderful plan for your life, and He's gonna, you know, he, he, you, uh, all of the things that you ever desire. But see, I, I like to keep it real. The kingdom agenda will threaten what we want. What do you mean? Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 15. See, Jesus always told people the truth. Mm -hmm. And they had a decision to make after they heard the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to remember. Let's not be afraid, and I'm saying this for me too. Let's not be afraid to tell people the truth. I mean, I kind of, Sometimes it kind of makes me a little queasy when we talk to people who are unsaved and we say, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Okay, let's be honest. It's sometimes that you ain't thought the plan was so wonderful. It was God's plan, but it ain't always felt so wonderful. Lord, I know this is your doing, but hey, I, I am not absolutely enjoying this. But it was his plan. Because he was working something out of us that needed to be worked out. But it was not feeling wonderful. But yet when we tell people, we tell it to them like it's wonderful. So then when it happened to them, they're looking like, why this ain't wonderful? Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said unto them, Jesus is talking, and he says, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. So he's giving them a parable or a story to help them relate to what he's saying when he says that a man's life doesn't consist in all of the stuff that they have. Because there are some people who think That now that I'm saved, I get everything I want. But see, what I'm saying to you, or what the scriptures are saying to us is, a man's life doesn't consist in, in, in it's not about all your possessions. It's not about you getting all the things you want. That's not what makes up a life. But yet we see people who ride around with bumper stickers says, he who... Uh, uh, accumulates the most toys before he dies wins. See, if you think that what I'm telling you is not true, please explain to me why people are in debt over their heads. Why have we bought more than we can afford? Because we thought we wanted this, so consequently, we said this is what makes life fulfilling. If I get me two of those, One of them, I got to have six of those. So now we got all these things and Jesus says, your life doesn't consist of that. But now, the truth, see, today we're going to just be real. I told you it's just an out service and we're going to kind of ouch it on out of here. We're going to be good, you know. Have you ever wanted something? And I mean, you wanted it. Oh, you, when I was little, I want to just tell a quick story. When I was little, I have a very vivid imagination. I grew up as an only child, okay? First 10 years of my life, I was an only child. And I, that, that's one thing. But where I grew up was absolute country, okay? I, when I say country, ain't nobody else down there. <laughs> the school bus used to, I used to have to go to school at like 6 in the morning, 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. That's where they picked me up at. And I, I, it was so bad, my pickup, they would pick me up and turn around. Ain't nobody else down there. This, 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 I'm the turnaround lane for the school bus, okay? Nobody else on the road. So I learned, and I thank God for that. I do. I learned to have a very vivid imagination. When I say stuff, I see it. I literally see it. When I read the scriptures, I see it. I feel the temperature, the dust, all of that. That's the way it is when I read it. That's just the way it is. I, I I, can't help it ain't like that for everybody. I didn't have all of the stuff to play with and all of it. My thumbs weren't wore out and all of that. We ain't have all that stuff then. I'm down, I'm with a a, uh, 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 wagon trying to push it by myself and jump in it. Say <laughs> so ain't nobody else there. So you've learned to develop an imagination. Well, I remember I was. Well, I'm going somewhere, y'all. I'm going somewhere with this story. So I remember having, there was a magazine. Back then, they used to have a magazine, Life Magazine. Those of you all that re- may remember that. Um, no, 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 I'm sorry. Not Life Magazine, but the Highlight, Highlight Magazine. I think it was Highlight. So, oh, look at y'all, look at y'all. Oh, okay, okay. <coughs> uh, people don't even read, read stuff no more. I mean, they, 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 let me Google that. Well, sometimes uh, in the magazine, they would have little things in the back of it. Little, like, advertisements, little stuff that you can get, you know. And it was like, you know, if you save, I mean, back then it might have been, like, you know, $7 or something. You go get this or whatever. Well, now, now, don't judge me, okay? But, like, they had this Frankenstein, like, thing in there, okay? And I said, boy, I want that. Oh, I want that. And it wasn't just that I wanted it. Because, but see, I read it, and I believed it was a Frankenstein that could walk around <laughs> for seven seventy-five. dollars I honestly believe, and I, people used to tell me, now, you know that ain't real, right? You know that's just something, you know, they ain't going to be able to actually walk. No, you couldn't tell me. I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. And I remember how disappointed I was when I didn't get what I wanted. But you know I ain't need it anyway. What well, do I need a Frankenstein for? No, no, no. Um, see, see, now as, as a 54-year-old man, I can boy, you ain't need that. But okay, what about some of the things we want and we mad at God because we ain't got it? Can it be the difference is, watch this, your maturity. We ain't mature enough to know we don't need everything we want. So why are we mad? Is it really, I'm just so immature, I don't understand. Everything I want, I really don't need. Oh well, y'all, y'all, huh? I think it's going to be a little ouch. I, I never got my Frankenstein, so. But look at this. I, I want us to go back with this, this story here. Verse 16 again. So Jesus is speaking the parable to them. He said, the ground of a rich man, a certain rich man, brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, I want you to catch that, because this is what we do. We think within ourselves. We have a thought about something. He thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? So how am I going to handle this situation? I'm plentiful. I got a lot going on. What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let me say this first. Jesus did not have a problem with the treasure. Don't get it twisted. Jesus ain't got a problem with you having stuff. Notice when this guy took thought, the only thing he thought about was his stuff here, not his stuff in heaven. See, this is the danger of possessing so much stuff. You're consumed with everything down here that relates to the stuff. And you're not concerned about your soul, which is going to eventually leave all the stuff. That's the whole problem. Look at the parable. The whole problem is when it came time to think about it, you only thought about tearing down the current bonds, building bigger ones. And then you said, I'm going to chill out and go into retirement. Oh, I'm sorry. Told you the retirement ain't in the Bible. Look what somebody thought about when they retired. Because this, well, I, I won't go into that. Anyway, see the kingdom agenda would threaten what we want. Because sometimes if we're not careful, all the things that we want are just centered on here. Not that you can't have stuff. But you know what? You don't want to be like, okay. If the rapture is about to happen and you're concerned about what's going to happen to your stuff when you go, You know, one of the the things about the rapture is you can't take nothing with you. Everything I got here, I'm I'm willing to leave. (laughs) I just want you to know that. We have to stay detached from things. Well, you know, I I wanted a house. Get you one. Get you two. I don't care. But don't let that stop you from what God is calling you to do. And when he gets ready to use you for something, don't be wrapped up into that stuff so much so that you can't do what God said. Wow, that's, that's the whole issue. If you look in Acts chapter 4, they have, they have multiple houses and lands. Because God doesn't have a problem with that. All of a sudden, the church has a need. You know what they do? Sell some of their houses, some of their land. And bring it to the church. Now, I'm not saying that that's what you got to do here. I ain't, that ain't what I'm using that for. Although, we do have seed time at harvest. <laughs> Amen, we do. So the kingdom, is in the, it threatens what you want. See, we have to understand something. This, well, I'll, I'll get into it a little later. It threatens, watch this, when we want something. See, not only what we want, but when we want it. Let me tell you the other cuss word in the church. Go to Isaiah 40 and 31. Oh, yeah. These, see, repent was one. Saints don't, you know, we don't, we don't like to say that. We treat that like it's a cuss word. Like we should never have to repent again. But I'm going to give you the other word that, that people, I mean, it's like, oh, my goodness. But they that wait upon the Lord. See, I told you it's an, it an out session today, boy. Here is the other word that we have a problem with because, see, the kingdom agenda will threaten when we want something because you know we want it yesterday. <laughs> but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You know, um, I want to just do something for a quick second. Jackie, go to verse 29. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. I I want us to look at something. We act like because we get a little tired in this walk, or, or better yet, you know, we act like we don't want nobody to know we got a little tired. Even young folk get wore out. Amen. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Now, now look at verse thirty-one. But they that wait, so you're gonna end up having to wait sometime. What? Oh my goodness! Yeah, that, that's, see, that's really the expression y'all are doing on the inside right now. Right, right now, everybody's trying to contain it so won't nobody know it's you. But it said, but they that wait, you actually going to have to wait. God is going to actually, mighty woman of God, mighty man of God, with all your faith and power, you're going to actually have to wait. Oh, yeah, you gonna, you going to wait. And while you wait, watch this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We love that, shall renew their strength. But it only happens for people that's waiting. If you ain't waiting, you ain't renewing. Because it's going to challenge not just what you want, but when you want it. See, God, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Are you willing to wait? (laughs) See, we don't put it all together. We don't put it all again because we're saying, okay, he's going to give me the desires of what I want, and I desire it right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to get this. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. Now, Lamentations is right after Jeremiah. Like, Don't nobody even talk about that book. It's the weeping prophet. That book, he was crying. Stuff was happening. Lamentations 3 and 25. Look at this. King James. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. Let me ask you, when's the last time you waited on God? I mean waited. There was a word that we used to use in the church we don't use no more. Called tarry. Young people don't even know. Terry, what is that? They think it's somebody's name. (laughs) Yeah, you used to have to tarry for things. Because the principle that was being taught is you don't get everything you want right now. See, as we mature more, we start to understand that. But sometimes we're still immature as adults and think that God should give us everything we want Right now. The kingdom agenda will threaten not just what you want, but when you want it. See, these are the things that comprise our life. We want what we want, and we want it when we want it. And expect everybody to understand that. Can I give you one more? The kingdom agenda will threaten the way you get what you want. Well, God, I, I, I mean, I wanted the cash. What do you mean a uh, payment plan? You, you mean to tell me, see something, why don't God just rain money out the, out the sky? Why can't I win Publisher's Clearinghouse $5,000 a week for the rest of my life? <laughs> Come on now. Why, why, why don't we just do it like that? Some folk go a little further. Why don't we just get play the lottery? What's wrong with that? Uh, God, you, you, then we say, God, you know I'll give you the tithe if you ain't been giving him the tithe all alone. Just please don't think that you're going to do it all of a sudden then. That ain't going to happen. So God will threaten, I mean, I mean the, the kingdom agenda will literally threaten not just what you want, not just when you want it, but literally How you get it. Okay, you want John 14 and 6. Jesus says, I am the way. It only comes like this. Ain't no other way. Do you know that there are some things that God would allow other people to partake in that you can't because it's not the way for you? Oh, yeah, it don't work for you because you are pursuing the kingdom agenda right. because you are pursuing the kingdom agenda. It's only going to happen for you this way. I don't care if you see everybody else and they, they seem to be faring well or what they doing, And you, you know the Holy Spirit said, don't you do that. Don't work for you that way. See, this, this thing is life-threatening, kid. All the things in our life, it's threatening the life. You can't just live any kind of way. Yeah. Now, if you learn to conform to what he's saying, you'll be fine. But if you're working against it, that's why it's threatening your life. Number two. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 oh, yeah. That's just, oh, yeah. Everybody wants to live is number one. I showed you the ways that that's threatened. Number two, I told you it's an ouch message. We're gonna be all right. Each day requires a life commitment. You woke up this morning with new mercies. Praise God. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's praiseworthy. But now let's talk about the commitment, yours, not his. Every day. We sit up here and we made a confession today. Lord, I decide to trust you. You know that's a daily confession? It's daily because every day we're going to have to decide to trust. You're going to face something. You got to decide to trust him or to compromise. Every day. Just part of the package. Uh, But let me give you some text Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke 9 and 23, King James. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. This passage of scripture is actually, this, this uh, verbiage is in there four different times. Luke is the one who lets you know this is a daily decision. Yeah, you always got to deny him. You always got to take up your cross. You always got to follow him. But Luke lets us know this is a daily thing. So it's not just a one-time sacrifice. It's a lifestyle of surrender. See, everybody wants to be saved every day, but are you willing to make the commitment every day? Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. New Living Translation. The Apostle Paul was talking to the Philippian church, sharing with them. Listen to what this man says. Now, in, in, in some other context you said, this man has lost his mind. Something is wrong with him. He needs to be committed to a psych ward. I just want you to just, just listen to what he says. He says, "But I will rejoice even if I lose my life." What? Who is this? Who is this? What is wrong with this person? See, it is, it, 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 it's a commitment that we have to make each and every day. So the Apostle Paul says, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Then he says, wait a minute, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. I'm not reluctant. I'm not running away from this. I willfully pour my life out like a liquid offering to God. He says, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you all to share that joy. See, we've forgotten about these kinds of scriptures. We talk about stuff we want. We don't talk about the daily commitment that's necessary. I believe that if we as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ get back to the place where we're committed to him, no matter what, come what may, I believe we'll begin to see the miracles again. I believe we'll begin to see the power of God operate again. But you know, it's an amazing thing, and I'm not going to stay on this, but the scripture says this. You cannot serve God and mammon. The interesting thing is you look at our world and how mammon has creeped into everywhere. So why did Jesus take the time to stop and say, this is... Is the decision that needs to be made. He didn't say the devil was the problem. Right. Yes. Amen. Right. He said you can't serve God and mammon. Either you will love the one and hate the other. You can't do both. And the thing that's pushing into the lives of the people of God is mammon. Now, it, now I'm like, I want you to be very clear i I don't believe the stuff is a problem you can have stuff but it's a problem when stuff has you You, yeah folks you know you're gonna you're gonna get out here today and you're gonna see people and it's all about their stuff and i I mean i'm like this get get whatever you get get insurance on it because it's stuff and this, my thing, I think about it like this. You know everything here going to burn. Yes. Everything. So no matter what it is, it's going to burn. So why am I so caught up into something that's going to burn eventually anyway? How many civilizations have gone before us with people who were so into stuff and now all we find is a little piece of pottery from their life? Don't you know if the Lord Terry is going to be the same for us? None of this stuff is going to last. Each day requires a requirement. Philippians three and one. Let's flip over there, right quick, please. The Apostle Paul, this man, this this man seemingly just don't lost his mind. You know, we we listen to him, and he's still talking to this church. He says, "Dear brothers and sisters." Pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. This man is bold enough to say, listen, follow me. I'll show you how it's done. He said, for I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. You know what? Don't look at I'm going to be honest. You know what Jesus said about the Pharisees? He says, do what they say, not what they do. Interesting thing here, he says, listen, the people's conduct show that they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. Look and see what people are doing. I don't care what they're saying. What are they doing? He says they are headed for destruction. That God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And listen to this. They think only about this life here on earth. I mean, you ever get around somebody they, they, and nothing else that they're talking about but their stuff? Yeah. What they're doing here? I mean, are you ever concerned about leaving? Being with the Lord? Does that ever cross your mind? I'm talking about believers or supposedly believers. How is it that you could talk to somebody else who is a professing believer and they're never concerned about spending eternity with Christ? There's something wrong with that. He says, but we are citizens of heaven. Where do you live at? He says, we're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. How do you get around Christians who are not looking forward to Christ's return? Something wrong with that. Let me keep moving. I don't want to bore you all. See, that daily life becomes more acceptable when we remember that Jesus is coming. A daily life of commitment. Of having to say, okay, Lord, you're Lord and Savior in my life today. I don't care how this thing is feeling. I'm still surrendering to you. When I remember that he's coming back again, that makes that easier for me to do. And I'll finish with number three here. There is a dichotomy that is often overlooked. Uh -oh. Oh, yeah, there's a dichotomy that's often overlooked. Because, I want you to look at this. That's for all y'all educated people. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the word, but I'm going to put it to where we can understand it. Y'all use it in a big, deep sentence, and then everybody got to go look it up. I'm going to do it so you can understand it. See, here's the dichotomy. Go to Philippians 4 and 12, New Living tr- uh, Translation. Okay, I know not to use words like this again because y'all are just, y'all ain't even doing right. You lose, okay. There are some opposites that are often overlooked, okay? There are some opposites of the way we perceive the kingdom that are often overlooked. How about if I do it like that? There are some contradictions that are often overlooked. I'm trying to do this all worse. I just wanted to do one word so it would save me some of the, some of the writing. But y'all making me break the whole thing down. <laughs> My goodness. If you could have dichotomy dichotomies, of a couple letters, and now we got to do the opposites. We got to do contradictions. We got to do all of this. <clears throat> Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, New Living Translation. So the Apostle Paul, watch this dichotomy here. See, this is why the kingdom, pursuing the kingdom agenda is life-threatening, because it has a dichotomy in it. Because people do this wonderful life thing, but they don't tell you the contradiction. Well, pastor, are you saying scripture is contradictory? No. I'm saying we don't look at both sides of the coin. It's a head and a tail. If not, it's counterfeit. I know how to live on almost nothing. Wait a minute. What? He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Sometimes nothing is what pertains unto life and godliness. You don't need nothing but him. That's why he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Because if you've got him, you've got everything you need. But it's a dichotomy. We think we need everything. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. He said, they don't matter. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. See, a lot of people have not learned the secret. Well, you know, you, let's, let's put it the way we, we, we really say it. They're going to get the big head if they get something. Why we have to get the big head if we get something? What's the difference in having nothing and having something? No, no, honestly. Why does it have to change you? I'm just saying. But Paul says something. That most people read over. He said, I learned the secret. So there's the secret to this. If you don't get the secret. Amen. Let me share something with you first. We cannot do this in our own strength. No amount of willpower can accomplish this. You can sit up here and say, well, I, I, I could go on nothing we we still struggling to lose weight with willpower. <laughs> now if we're struggling to lose weight with willpower we sitting up late at, late at night one o'clock in the morning I ain't gonna eat that cake I am not gonna eat it I am not I resist it I resist it so you all in your willpower and if you if, if you're struggling with that, Need I say anymore? No, no, no. So you ain't going to do this in your own power. I ain't going to do this in my own power. Bernard, all them pieces of cake you brought home the other day. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> all right, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Because I, I, I want us to see the dichotomy that's often over, because this is where people stumble. This is where we stumble. Look at our Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Watch this. You want to see a real dichotomy? Watch this. Galatians 2 and 20, King James. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Now watch this. This is your confession. You've been crucified. You know crucified is death. You don't go like, yeah, I was crucified yesterday and I'm back. No, no, no. The the end of crucifixion is death. So listen to the dichotomy of this situation. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Look at that contradiction. See, you, you live, but you're crucified. And you're crucified with Christ. See, sometimes we've forgotten that we were crucified. Look at this, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. This ain't about me, but Christ liveth in me. So since he lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, we need Jesus Christ in our lives for everything. Listen to this, watch this. You cannot die without him. That's the, you take it all the ways it's hitting you. You cannot die without him. See, here's the secret. You cannot die without him. See, we talk about dying. How are you going to die without Christ? How are you going to die to yourself without him? Can't do it. I- I'm not talking about getting in shape for, for the getting the wedding dress you want to get into. I- I'm not talking about, you know, getting in shape because you want to, you know, lose 10 pounds and get back to uh, uh, being the man you used to be. I'm talking about you cannot die to self without Christ. And what people are trying to do is do this without Christ. Pursuing the kingdom of Notice, watch this. Can I just, just for a moment, can I just take you on a, on a, just a little trip right quick? Notice the person who says, if you're going to follow me, You got to deny yourself, Mm -hmm. take up your cross, and follow me. Notice the person who says that is someone who died. (laughs) Fully qualified to say that because he died. Didn't leave that up to nobody else to say that. So sometimes. We think we can do this apart from him. Nobody else is qualified to say that to us because he could say it because he did it. I'm I'm, I'm still, I got, watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished. Ephesians 5 verse 18, King James. And be not drunk with wine, in is excess. Well, I want to know, can we drink wine? And be not drunk with wine, well, I ain't gonna get drunk. And be not drunk, well, okay, when, you know, most people that get drunk didn't. where's the point where you're drunk? <laughs> you drunk? you ever see you, you ever watched them cop shows. It's always somebody driving who think they ain't drunk. <laughs> I ain't drunk. They take, take the sobriety test. I, I ain't drunk. <laughs> Everybody think they ain't drunk always so I, I just drink enough wine see if, if these are all tricks you all Amen. for you know it we don't went too far but anyway i was, that that was not my point point. and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit hmm well i'll, I'll, I'll go over this first and i'm come back to verse 18. speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs so you can't talk to yourself it's okay. okay. I want you to know if you need a scripture for that, here you go. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. The dichotomy is in order to live, we got to die. In order to be filled, we must empty ourselves. Empty ourselves of what? Our agenda. You cannot pursue the kingdom agenda and you got your own agenda. In order to live, we got to die. Jesus says, if you're seeking to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll gain it. See, the dichotomy is always there, but we don't like processing the dichotomy. We don't like looking at the contradiction that it's going to take for us to do what God called us to do. If you hunger, listen to this. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, then you get filled. But you're going to have to hunger and thirst. If you seek the Lord while he may be found. So now you're going, okay, you're going to have to seek him. See, the dichotomies is what mess us up. The contradictions, because they require something of us to get what we want. Everything was not just a, see, it's a promise that God made to us. But you need to make sure that you fulfill your end of the promise. See, God's faithful, but are we? See, the, I, I'm just, I, I am learning that pursuing this kingdom agenda, it's going to be life-threatening to me. It's going to threaten the kind of life I may want to live. Amen. Because God has a life he requires of us, and it's, you know, to just to be honest, it, it, it doesn't always, let, let me just put it like it really is. Your feelings are not always taken into consideration. We are so easily offended. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to deal with this, but not today. I, can't, I don't have time. We're so easily offended. You know why we're so easily offended? Because we're not dead. The, the, this, this is the reality. Look at this. I don't, I don't see one time where Jesus' feelings was hurt. I mean, honestly, I was, I was looking at that. I see him weep for Jerusalem, because the people don't understand what he's doing. But when I say feelings are hurt, I don't see somebody going like, man, I don't like that robe you got on. I don't see somebody, you know, stepped on Jesus' sandals and he, you know, he, 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 I can't handle that, you know. I'm leaving the church now. How is it that we are the body of Christ and we're so easily offended by things that he wasn't offended by? Jesus is standing in a crowd, and they're trying to kill him. They want to push him off the cliff. He walks through the crowd. He ain't offended. I'm saying, God, help me to learn not to be so easily offended because I'm just still alive to my old nature. I still want you to recognize me. I still want you to, all of these, I'm just saying, now, you you can look at me, like, look at me all funny now if you want to. Uh, I'm talking about us, but I'm just using me. So, won't nobody do that. Well, he said that about me. So easily offended. I can't believe he didn't come to my party. Really, why? Why is that? Why are we so, why are we so like that? Because we're not dead. When's the last time you've seen somebody dead, offended? You could say whatever you want to say about it. You could talk about it until you run out of oxygen. It don't even matter because they're dead. If we would really die to ourselves and live unto the Lord, all this stuff wouldn't matter. Well, what stuff are you talking about? Did you see what they had on the church? I can't believe it. That thing was so short. I don't know what she was trying to do. Why does it matter? You know what? If folk walk up in here and, 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 and they, they, they don't dress like you think they should, why is that so easily offensive to you? Why is that? Why is that a problem? Why? I mean, st- really stop and think about that. Is it because you're not dead? Well, they don't need to wear that. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm sorry, the world we live in, folk are wearing stuff worse than that. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I just, you know, I'm just saying, why are we, the body, so easily offended? Well, did you? Mm, he smell like he been drinking. You ain't. Wait a minute. How do you know what drinks smell like? Oh my goodness. Did you just tell us something that we didn't know about you? Oh, my goodness. You know what it smelled like, huh? Oh, Oh, almost like you. So easily offended. Why can't we love people beyond these things? I'm just to the point, I'm tired of trying to fake this thing and act like we, either you're going to love or you're not going to love. Either you're going to be offended or you're not going to be offended. Well, See, you know what? I'm not talking about offending the people that's that's unsaved. The word going to do that. I'm talking about the saints. We offended. They ain't call me back. You would be surprised if if I said, Dr. Hall, come up here. Now everybody that Dr. Hall is offended. You'd be like, why are these people getting up? <laughs> You'll be surprised. Somebody I ain't like the suit he wear. You know them colors ain't right. <laughs> offended. See, but really the truth of the matter is you're not offended. It's just that you don't like stuff about people. And you think it means offense. In the Bible, it didn't mean offense. It just you had an opinion. It was your opinion. And we have taken our opinions and we projected on under people to make them come under subjection to be like we want them to be because we're trying to create our kingdom and not his. That's just the way it is. We want subjects in our kingdom. Instead of saying he is the king, go, baby, I don't care what you're wearing. Let's just go for God. If we need to get you a, 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 a little cloth or something, we can. That's fine. You all right. You good. Do I need to take you and buy you something? I mean, what, what happened to, you know, investing in folks? Yeah. Before, before I put my mouth on you, come on. May, may, maybe, maybe, can we go, you know, would you mind if I, get, you know, or better yet, why don't you just show up with it? You go like, girl, you look like you're about an eight or ten. Okay, I got you. I mean, you know, ain't, ain't nobody else got to know. You know I mean? Girl, I bought her that over there. So really wasn't about them needing something to wear. It was about stroking your ego in your kingdom. See, pursuing the kingdom agenda is life-threatening. It's going to threaten the life We want to live because we want to live this life out of our old nature, not the new nature. Because watch this. You want to talk about dichotomy? This this is really interesting. In order to go up, you got to go down. Okay? You want to be exalted? Humble yourself. What a dichotomy. Before honor... That's humility. What a dichotomy. See, it's the dichotomy that's often overlooked. We don't want to talk about those things. You want to be great, then serve. It's no problem being great, just serve. See, if we learn to master the dichotomy, we'll be fine. But the only problem with the dichotomy is the dichotomy does not cater to our fleshly nature. It's contrary. Want to live? Then die. And people don't like that. So that's why pursuing the kingdom agenda is life-threatening. And I'm finished.